There is little that is new in the corrective measures each era adopts to cope with the burden of the displaced poor. It is also the case that recycled policy often goes unrecognized as such. Forced to cultivate the habit of not seeing, Americans have rediscovered how difficult that is and how easily resentment displaces sympathy. Like the citizen of Ruges in the 16th century, society has rushed to institutionalize measures that whatever their long-term costs at least promise the short-term gain of removing the spectacle of poverty from the street. Like their counterparts in the 19th century New York City agencies reading portents of general disorder and the example of unrestricted panhandling have gone to court to secure a ban against begging in the subways. Like irate townsmen combating the tramp menace, local governments have returned to the practice of warning out the undomiciled on the premise that is so much cheaper to move them on than to assist them or to suffer their presence. And like relief officials in the 1930s, states and municipalities have turned first to private charity and then to the long discreted practice of storing surplus persons in warehouses and armories. Driven by a mounting sense of things, Tumbling out of control, such measures have as their object, whether as underlying logic or explicit design, the re-establishment of proper boundaries between a well-hidden poor and a no longer uneasy settled citizenry. Whatever their immediate value as instruments of relief, these measures stop far short of seeking to rectify or even to address the structural Roots of the poverty attested to by mass homelessness. More damaging still, they may have the effect of easing the abrasion needed to motivate the search for a more lasting and inclusive resolution. To borrow Lear's phrase, the thing itself is not mere lack of shelter, it is not the absence of a prescribed set of rules, services and medication in a carefully structured environment that will enable the chronically ill or afflicted to live decently if apart from the rest of us. It is not the lack of specialized assistance for troubled families. It is something far more fundamental than that, the barely noticed loss of a sustained and determined commitment to make, un to make available to all at least the material resources and social tools needed to participate fully in this society. In closing, what are the core elements to this line of argument? The opposite of homelessness is not shelter but home. And socially understood, home must entail some claim to solidarity. The question underlying homelessness policy then is not what does charity demand, but rather what does solidarity require. It is not sufficient to ask what, is, what it is about the homeless poor that accounts for their disposition. One must also ask what it is about the rest of us that has learned to ignore, then managed to tolerate, and now seeks to banish from sight the evidence of a present gone badly awry.